What a beautiful song to begin worship today. Well, let me say welcome to you. Glad that you are tuned in again this morning. I hope you are. I hope you are in a nice, comfortable place, um, whether it be your uh, living room, your den, your kitchen table, wherever it may be, your family room, and I trust that you are all together uh, taking in this service today. Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Boy, what um, a wonderful time to be together in worship on what we'll call Celebration Sunday, and that's, that's going to be the name of the message today, and, and that is a celebration, and we want to celebrate uh, today. So again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you've been tuning in the last few weeks, thank you for today being another part of being there again today, and if you have not been tuned in and this is your first time, welcome, and um, hope you enjoy worshiping with us this morning here at Midway Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Well, last week um, we just had the palms up here. This week we had the lilies added. And um, again, uh, thanks to um, Nan and Jerry Harrington uh, for having those uh, put in this week. They add so much uh, to the service. Well, I hope by now you've figured it out that we're just going to call off church services as far as uh, corporate worship until further notice, so we won't keep putting that in the, in the uh, text or Facebook or what have you. It'll be there permanently until we get back to whatever normal's going to be, and we're looking forward to that real, real soon. Uh, again, if you are um, giving your tithes and offerings and want to uh, get those to the appropriate uh, person, uh, Mr. Wendell Robinson, 1215 Evans Road, New Zion, South Carolina, 29111. And I think many of you have been mailing in your tithes and offerings, and uh, that's a blessing. So um, uh, he, will, he will get those. Or if you want to drop them off in his mailbox, that's fine as well. Well, as you well know, text message, FaceTime, uh, cell phones, um, emails is about the only way of communication uh, now. So um, if, you, if you haven't heard from someone in a while, give them a call, give them a text or what have you, and we'll keep continuing to keep in touch with each other that way uh, until um, things get back to normal. And I, I do pray that that's very, very soon. Uh, boy, it has been most difficult, but God's seeing us through, uh, through it all. We have one birthday for this week, and that's Miss Deborah Evans. And that is Thursday, April the 16th. So, Miss Deborah, happy birthday to you. I hope you're tuned in. Uh, I'm not going to sing happy birthday to you. Um, and um, I, I don't know if Matt wants to sing a solo to you or not either. And I don't think Stephanie does, So, uh, uh, nor Carol. Uh, but anyway, happy birthday, Miss Deborah. And um, it's good to have Carol here today taking part in worship. And Matt, as always, he, he comes through with beautiful singing, and we're, we're going to be blessed today, as we always are, to have Matt come in just a few moments to sing uh, for us uh, today. Well, before we go any further, let's pause and um, pray to God and ask Him to bless our time together. Can we do that? Wherever you are, right where you are, please join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the beauty of this day. Thank you for this weekend, this Easter weekend. And Lord, I pray that we reflected yesterday on what Good Friday was all about as Jesus was, was crucified, it was, as he was put on the cross. I pray that, that that was embedded in our minds and in our hearts yesterday, that we fully understand what that's all about and how Jesus came to die for us. And Lord, I know we're looking forward to the resurrection. And I know it's a Saturday afternoon that we're doing this, but Lord, in the morning when we wake up, it will be Resurrection Sunday morning. Celebration Sunday, where we celebrate our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, coming up out of the grave to live and reign victorious. We are most grateful for that, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for each one who is tuned in to 
to this worship service today. Bless them wherever they may be. Bless them in a special way. Now, God, as we continue in worship today, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would reveal to us in Scripture what it is you want us to learn and understand. And God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus who rose triumphant out of the grave. And we ask this prayer in his name and for his sake. Amen. Well, we've been also uh, each week been praying for um, particular needs. And that list, of course, is, is quite long. And if you participated in the fasting and praying on yesterday or Friday, um, it had a list, a long list, like 21 different things uh, to pray for and different ways to pray. And, and I hope that you took advantage of doing that. It was a blessing to be able to do that yesterday. Um, I, I enjoyed it very much, uh, praying for those particular um, people and, and situations in our world today. And, and we want to do uh, just a, an abbreviated form of that as we did last week. And uh, we'll do that again now. And at the end of this prayer, I'm going to ask you right there in your homes, right where you are, to join in the Lord's Prayer as we do uh, typically on a Sunday morning worship here at Midway. But I want you to join me at the end, and I will lead us uh, through that. But our hearts are heavy today uh, as we have lost yet another one of our dear, dear church members here at Midway in the passing of Miss Janice Evans. What a sweet lady she was. Oh, everybody knew her and knew what kind of person she was. And boy, will she be missed. She will be greatly missed. We know where that lady is. She's in heaven right now with Mr. Carl and uh, that sweet grandchild of hers, um, Sarah Margaret, and all the others who've gone on to be with the Lord. What a rejoicing that's uh, going on right now. And uh, Matt, we do pray for you and Barbara and Marie and the rest of the family um, uh, today and in the days to come. Uh, we love you, brother, and we love your family, and, and we're going to miss uh, Miss Janice as we do Mr. Carl. So let's, let's pray uh, specifically for the Evans today, and, and, and um, I'll, I'll lead us through some other things to pray for. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you for the power of prayer. And Lord, what a sweet lady that's gone on to be with you, Miss Janice Evans. And Lord, I can hear her right now. I can see her right now in this sanctuary worshiping you. Lord, I will never forget this lady. The good visits that I had the opportunity to, to, to be in her house, to visit her and Mr. Carl, and what a blessing that was. And Lord, I'll miss those times. So will all the other folks. But I do ask your blessings on Matt and Barbara and Marie and and in the rest of the family, Carlette and all those, God. And we, they're such a big family, and Lord, you know them. And we pray your blessings on them today and in the days to come. And Lord, as we've done the last three weeks, we'll continue today. Lord, uh, I just pray that we would just take just a moment to, to go through these and just whisper up a prayer at this time. And for those um, people who are sick, with this virus. We pray for healing in their life. God, I pray that this virus will go away. We know, God, that you can take it away. It just, just speak one word and it can be gone. And Lord, we know this is uh, happening for a reason. We might not ever know this side of heaven, but we know it's happening for a reason. But God, we do ask that this thing be gone sooner than later we pray for those 
families and friends who have lost loved ones to this virus. We pray that you would comfort them. We pray for our president and vice president as they, uh, Lord, daily make decisions uh, for our country. We pray for them, for the governors all across this great land and for our governor here in South Carolina, for local leaders and of our cities and our towns. We, we know that they're making decisions as well, and we do pray for them. And, Lord, for the medical personnel, oh, Lord, those doctors and nurses, God, who are in harm's way, who right in the midst of this virus, God, I pray that you would keep them healthy. And those who have become sick because of this virus, I, I pray that you would get them through it. We can't help but think of those who've lost jobs and those who are possibly losing their businesses. We pray for those folks. But God, we know through it all, through it all, we can trust in you. We can lean on you. Our hope is in you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just continue, continue to show us your great power, your mercy, your grace, your love. Now, Heavenly Father, as we pray that model prayer together, we call it the Lord's Prayer, we ask now that you would speak to our hearts as we pray together. Right where you are in your homes, if you would pray with me today. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time... Um, I typically say, young folks, come on down. But wherever you are, uh, if you're not up, mom and dad, go get them up. Wake them up. It's time for children's lesson. Miss, Miss, ba- uh, Miss, Miss Carol's going to make her way on up front, and she's going she's gonna to have our children's sermon for us this morning. And um, Bar- uh, Barbara, Carol, thank you so much for being here this morning and, and doing this for us. <clears throat> Well, happy Easter, happy Easter morning. What a glorious day that the Lord has made. I'm looking. Hey, Wesley, Charlotte, Allie Grace. Good morning, Henry, Maddie, Abigail, and Addison. Good morning, Mary Catherine. Cantley. Oh, hey, Tillman. And Natalie and your baby brother, Hunter and Harbin, and your baby brother, Hoke. And sometimes Lily and Brett attend here. Hey, Lily and Brett, and Ryder and Faith, and baby Harrison. Well, did you feed your caterpillars and watch them grow? Let's see if some of these, they all hatched out of their cocoon. Well, that reminded me how wonderful God is. God is so wonderful. He made beautiful butterflies, so very special. And it reminds me of a book that I read many, many times at school. And this book is by Eric Carl, and it's called The Very Hungry Caterpillar. I'm, just, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but I'm just read you a little bit of it. And it starts out one Sunday morning on a warm sun, and out of an egg popped a very tiny and a very hungry caterpillar. So he started to look for some food. And on Monday, he ate through one apple, but he was still hungry. On Tuesday, he ate through two pears, and he was still hungry. On Wednesday, he ate through three plums, but he was still hungry. On Thursday, he ate through four strawberries, but he was still hungry. On Friday, he ate through five oranges, but he was still hungry. On Saturday, 
He ate through one piece of chocolate cake, one ice cream cone, one pickle, one slice of Swiss cheese, one slice of salami, one lollipop, one piece of cherry pie, one sausage, one cupcake, and one slice of watermelon. And that night, he had a tummy ache. The next day, it was Sunday again. So the caterpillar ate through one nice green leaf, and after that, he felt better. He wasn't hungry anymore, but he wasn't a little caterpillar anymore either. He was a big, fat caterpillar. And he built a small house called a cocoon, and he stayed inside for about two weeks. And then he nibbled a hole in the cocoon, and he pushed his way out, and he was a beautiful butterfly. Well, you know what? The book reminds me, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. We all need to be hungry for Jesus and God's word. And we know from other children's services that you know that the Bible is God's word for us to read and feed on every day. You know, when we believe in Jesus, that he died and rose again this Sunday morning, he save us. When we believe something very, very special happens to us. We belong to him, and now he is in our heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, that person is changed into a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God. Let us pray, sweet children. Father God, thank you for these sweet young people. Be with them as their parents and grandparents. Read the Bible to them and teach them. Thank you especially for all that you have given us. Especially thank you for giving us Jesus, in whose name I pray. Help us to be more like him. Amen. Celebration Sunday. I hope it's a celebration for you today. You know, we celebrate a lot of things. We celebrate birthdays and anniversaries and all kinds of things. But I think sometimes we fail to forget the greatest celebration of all. And that is Resurrection Sunday. Celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ coming out of the grave. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 28. We'll be reading verses 1 through 10 in just a moment. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Let me begin this way. I think we uh, will all agree that too much news watching about the coronavirus, this COVID-19 pandemic can be overwhelming. It can be disheartening. It can be depressing. But as I sit and watch the news, I think about this virus that is unseen to the naked eye. That's literally killing thousands of people. And making thousands more sick. And that's a terrible thing. And that's a tragic thing to say the least. However, on the other hand, as I sit and ponder, there is a person who is unseen to the naked eye. Doing just the opposite of what this coronavirus is doing in that it is killing people this unseen person we call Jesus, he is offering eternal life, not death, to just a few. No, to every single person in the whole world who will accept him. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came up victorious out of the grave and is alive today. 
I think it goes without saying that this coronavirus is real and it's alive and it's powerful. But let's not forget that Jesus is more real, more alive, more powerful today than any kind of virus. And that's who we want to focus on for just a few moments this morning together on Resurrection Sunday, Celebration Sunday. Remember Doubting Thomas, one of the twelve? Jesus said to him in John 20, verse 29, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Matthew chapter 28, turn there with me if you will. Matthew 28, and we'll read together uh, verses 1 through 10. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. It reads this way. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Try to put that in your mind. Try to, try to picture that. His countenance, this is the angel, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, as he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7, And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Verse 10, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, Lord, bless this time together. Bless uh, the reading of your word. Bless this message, God. I pray that you'd use it in a way that you would have it to be used. God, may our hearts be challenged. Lord God, may we, uh, may we look into this message, Lord God, with open minds and open hearts. May, may you show us, God, the message that you have in store for us today. Not only today, but every day. Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts now. We pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. <clears throat> the core of Christianity is the gospel. Get that, the core of Christianity is the gospel. And that word gospel means good news. Good news of what? Good news about what? Good news of Jesus the Christ. You say, well, well how about that good news, preacher? What, what, what about it? Can, can you explain that to me a little bit more? Well, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, turn there with me if you will, 1 Corinthians. You have your Bibles there at home in front of you. I hope you do. I hope you're taking some notes this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4. It can't be written any plainer than the Apostle Paul in verse 3. The good news. Now, this, this is what it is. You need to get this. Paul says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received. So what I know, what I've learned, I'm sharing with you, Paul says. And, and uh, listen to what he's sharing. That Christ died for our sins according to the Presbyterian church. No, oh, back up there. According to the scriptures. Get that. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now, there are some religions out there that's way out in left field. And see, they say all kinds of things about Christ and 
and how he died and why he died, but Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Look at verse 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Baptist church, according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve, then it says on in verse 6, by over 500 brethren at once. Verse 7, by James and all the apostles. And look at verse 8. Then, last of all, he was seen by me. Let, let me stop right here for a moment and ask this question. I think it's very, very important. And here's the question. Do you truly believe verse 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians 15? Do you truly believe that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures? Now, here's what I want to say as well. That if we can't wrap our brains around that, if we can't understand that, if we don't believe that, then more than likely the rest of this message is not going to be very exciting to you. It's not going to mean a whole lot to you. During Jesus' earthly ministry, which lasted only three years, we talked a little bit about this last week, Jesus tried time and time again, over and over and over again, to prepare his disciples for his death, for his burial, for his resurrection. Now, let, let, me, just, let me just read a couple of things to us so we can make sure we understand this. And what Jesus, uh, so many times Jesus tried to prepare his disciples, and they still uh, could not fully grasp it. Well, Matthew 26, verse 1 and 2 says, Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, listen to what Jesus says, You know that after two days is the Passover, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified right over their head. Didn't understand it. What are you talking about, Jesus? Verse 26 of that same chapter. Here's another time Jesus sits them down and, and tries to explain, look, I'm going, I'm going to have to leave you. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Flip over to the Gospel of John, chapter 16. Verse 7, Jesus speaking all of these words that I'm about to read. Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you of the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And in verse 8, he tells about the Holy Spirit. He says, And then, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I mean, they didn't understand the basic stuff. Jesus knew they couldn't understand anything else that he was going to tell them. So he stopped right there. Look at verse 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So whatever God the Father tells the Holy Spirit to tell us, that's, that's what he's talking about here. This is how important the Holy Spirit was then and is today. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Right, last two verses. Verse 16, a little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. They couldn't understand it. 
Then some of the disciples said among themselves, can't you see them now? What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while you will see me. And because I go to the Father. You know, I tried to put myself in that setting this week and tried to, uh, tried to understand as best I could what they might have been going through. And I'm sure we would have probably been the same way, not truly understanding what it was all about, why he had to die, why he, he had to leave them. And in their finite minds, just like our finite, finite minds, this shameful and horrible death on the cross was a personal and political tragedy to them. Not only was it a personal and political tragedy, it was a public disgrace. A personal tragedy because, it, it, because Jesus was their dearest friend. He was the one that, that they have hung around with the last three years, day in and day out, 24-7. They, they undoubtedly, most assuredly, placed their, their confidence and hope in him. And now, he was about to be killed. It, it was like losing, it was, to us it would be like losing our mom or our dad or our grandparents or our closest friend. It was a political tragedy in that, remember last week we said it, that they expected Jesus to come into Jerusalem and be a military hero who would deliver Israel from under Roman dominance, and we know that didn't happen. And then, they, and then it was a public disgrace to them in that crucifixion was the most shameful way in which a man could die. So Easter had finally come. And the disciples, again, in their finite little puny brains like yours and mine, was trying to begin to put two and two together. But two plus two never added up to four for them. They never could get the right answer that they wanted. So let's visit the tomb just for a moment this morning. Let's visit the empty tomb and see what the empty tomb declares or declared then to his disciples, and is declaring to us this morning. So first, the empty tomb declares that Jesus really was then and is today the divine Son of God. The book of Romans, Romans chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. What is Paul saying here? Paul is simply saying that Jesus is the Son of God, the promised Messiah, the resurrected Lord. Paul calls Jesus in these, in these verses a descendant of King David. Why? In order to show how Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament Scriptures, where it says in Matthew 1.1 that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David. What else might this empty tomb declare? Secondly, uh, it, this empty tomb declares that Jesus' death on the cross made atonement for our sins. Now, don't get too excited about that fancy word atonement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define that for you and hopefully explain it to you. Atonement. Payment. It was where God was being reconciled to man through Jesus Christ. Try to picture this with me, if you will. You got God up here, and you have man down here. And the only way man can get to God is through Christ Jesus. So there's where we can put the cross, and there's our entrance way there. There's that reconciliation. There's that payment that Jesus made on the cross for each of us. I love reading from the New Living Translation sometimes. In Romans 4, 23 through 25, I think it explains it uh, easier than, than in any other translation. Listen to the, to the words of Paul here. Romans 4, 23 through 25. And when God counted him righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, talking about Abraham, it was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us 
that God will also count us as righteous. Get this, if, big if, if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Let me tell you what happens when you and I trust Christ. This is what happens. When, when we say yes to Christ, when we uh, have Christ in our life as our personal Lord and Savior, an exchange takes place. Well, what are you talking about, preacher, an exchange? Here, here's what I'm talking about. That exchange is this. It is where we give Jesus our sins, and he, in exchange, gives us his righteousness, gives us his forgiveness. One of my all-time favorite hymns is Jesus Paid It All. I wish I could sing this to you, but I don't think I will because I don't want any computers turned off or any cell phones turned off right now. Continue listening to the message. I will spare you. I will not sing Jesus Paid It All. Jesus Paid It All. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Hebrews 9.22 says this, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Remission, no forgiveness of sins. There is no forgiveness of sins. And thirdly this morning, and lastly, the empty tomb was for the apostles back then, and for us today, a promise of victory over death and the grave. Let me show you what our Lord said to Martha in the gospel according to John chapter 11. Listen to what he says to Martha in chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. He says this, Jesus said to her, to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, get this, shall never die. And notice Jesus asked a question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Jesus speaking to his disciples on another occasion. John 14, 19. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. Folks, can I say this to us? That eternal life is real. Whether we want to believe it or not, eternal life is real. And, and there's no in-between. There's no riding the fence. There's no lukewarmness, if you will. Because, see, we'll either spend eternity with our risen Savior forever and ever and ever, amen, or we will spend it separated from our risen Savior. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. He says this, So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Go down to verse 54. The last part. It says, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.8 says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Church, we did not get out of bed this morning and get around our kitchen table or our den table or our family room, wherever it is, to worship and rejoice over a dead Savior. We are worshiping the 
living, risen Savior. So let me conclude with this. Back to our text that we read a moment ago. We're about done. You can get back into bed in just a minute. I'm trying to be funny, aren't I? Matthew 28. And go to verse 7 through 10. And this is where I want to just spend just a couple of minutes. Let me ask you, would you agree with me this morning that all Scripture has been given to us for a reason? Have you answered that question? I do. I also agree that God did not inspire men to write words on a page that have no meaning. Now, verses 7 through 10, I'm going to be honest with you this morning, church, and whoever's watching. That verses 7 through 10 have spoken to my heart this week like they've never spoken to my heart before. And I think the reason it has is because I believe in my heart of heart that this COVID-19 pandemic is going to be one of the greatest opportunities for the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to reach across this great globe. It's a terrible thing. But I'm convinced in my heart that there will, some, there will be some good that come out of it all. And I think that's why it struck such a chord with me. And my prayer is that it strikes a chord in your heart today. I, I really pray that it makes you feel bad like it made me feel bad. Because I'm telling you, these four verses, these four verses, we like to bypass them. We, we like to go around them. We, we don't like to, to read verses like this. And maybe no other preacher in all the world sees this, but God spoke to me like never before in these verses. And I want to share them as we close. Verse 7 and 8. Now, this is in quotations. It says, and go quickly. Now, who said that? The angel. Back up in verse 2. The one that descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and and sat on the top of it. Here's the one that's speaking in verse 7. He's the one. It says, and go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Verse 8. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. Go quickly. Tell. So, the, so what they do? They went out quickly. They ran. All right? That's the angels in quotation. Now, let's see what Jesus says in verse 9 and 10. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, oh boy, look at who they meet. Jesus met them saying, rejoice, exclamation point. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Can't you say, look now, don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but here's what you to do. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Church, here it is. Not if we go, but as we go. Not if we go, as we go. And my prayer is that we can go in at least three ways. Number one, affirming the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Affirming that joyously, number two, joyously declaring the good news of God's love and forgiveness. And thirdly, boldly living the new life in Christ that Miss Carol talked about in, in Corinthians 5.17, 1 Corinthians 5.17, or 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Behold, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. That's what we need to be boldly living, that new life. I know I said I was finished a long time ago, didn't I? But you can mash it, put it on pause, come back later, however you want to finish it. But I'm not done yet. Let me close this way. In his novel, The Lock, L-O-C-K, Lewis Carroll 
pictures a lock running around frantically. Now, when I read that, how crazy is that? I never read the book, but I read part of this. A, a lock running around frantically. And someone asked the lock, why do you run around at such harried pace? And the lock said, I'm looking for a key to unlock me. I'm looking for a key to unlock me. Now, you say, preacher, why in the world do you share that on Celebration Sunday? Couldn't that be just left off, preacher? No. Because that spoke to me as well, church. I share that to say this. I believe that many people today are doing the very same thing as that lock. Looking for a key to unlock them. To unlock them from the chains of their past. And to unlock their future and give them hope. Can I say something to us this morning? That Jesus is the key that unlocks the lock. And guess what? Here's the beauty of it all. He's offering the key. He's offering himself to you today. And rest assured, he's not in the grave. He's alive and well. So won't you take the key today? Won't you take it? Won't you take Jesus, you say, preacher? How do I do that? By simply saying yes to Jesus. What do you mean, preacher? You got to say yes to Jesus. You got to say, yes, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I'm a sinner. You got to say, yes, Jesus, I understand that the wages of sin is death. But I also know that the gift of God is eternal life. I also understand that, that God demonstrates his own love or demonstrated his love, his love toward me. That while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And then you say yes to Jesus by confessing with your mouth, with your mouth, and believing in your heart that God raised Christ Jesus from the grave. Will you say yes to Jesus today? Will you? Folks, we cannot afford to ever lose sight of the significance of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So the question of the hour, the question on this celebration Sunday is this, have you accepted the risen Savior? Pray with me. Right there in your home, right where you are, you can say yes to Jesus. You can say, yes, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that the wages of sin is death, and I can't save myself. And I know you love me so much that you gave Jesus to die on the cross for me to save me. And you tell me that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the, from the grave and he's alive today, that if I confess that and I truly believe that, then I'll be saved. If that's your prayer this morning, you've just become a believer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that many people who are watching this this morning will take the time to pray that to receive Christ. Lord, I'm going to take it a step further. If there's anyone that is watching and listening today that said yes to Christ for the first time, I want to challenge them to give me a call. I want to hear from them because I want to pray for them. Thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Lord, that the promise is ours that He is risen. He is risen indeed. I pray this prayer in Christ's name and for His sake. Amen. My prayer is that you have a great day, that God continues to be good to you. I pray that you have a happy Easter, and I know all the things that go along with Easter, and not going to be able to do that. But just enjoy, just enjoy one another. Enjoy your family. 
love on one another, encourage each other, pray for one another. And I can't wait. I cannot wait. When we get back to worship, in this place of worship that God has given us, and I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to be disappointed if this church is not full. That's my prayer for this church, to be full. You know, I'm tired of hearing those stories. When, 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 when I first got here preaching, this church used to be full. Well, why ain't it full now? Must be the preacher. I hope that's not the case. But that's my prayer. That when we get back, this church and this balcony needs to be full of people who are worshiping the risen Savior. God bless you. Tune in next week. And if Miss Carol comes and closes out our service this morning. God bless you. I love you.